in a series here called On Guard. On Guard. And we are talking about what it is to battle sin, to take it on face-to-face, head-on, standing up against sin and beginning to experience victory. What does that look like? And in the past, we've talked about things about God transforming us. And yes, that's so true. God gives us the power and the strength beyond what we have as he transforms us. But it's more than that. It's in the moment, in today, right as I stand, Lord, help me stand against sin. Take that stand on guard. That's what we're talking through. And, you know, we talked through an illustration and we've used it now the last couple of weeks. We're going to continue to go through it. So let's just throw this slide up. And uh, we're going to be talking through what it looks like for us to be in this battle with sin, right? You can see this slide here, the boat up in the back there. That's like your mind and your spirit. There's three parts to us, mind, flesh, spirit, right? Comes out of Romans 8, mind, flesh, and spirit. And so your mind and your spirit, that's the boat. And the mind and the spirit, the Holy Spirit takes up residence within, sits in the boat with you. You're not alone. If you are saved, God with you. And he does this transforming work of your mind and your spirit. He begins to shape and change so that you are more like Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. And all of God's people said, right? He changes the boat to get bigger, stronger, more balanced. Praise God for that. At the same time, we've got this giant sea we're sitting on, this sea of selfishness, right? Scripture calls it the flesh that's not your physical body, right? Flesh, it's this part of me that just bangs me. I I want it to be all about me. There's this part inside of us that just will not relent. Me needs to be lifted up. And that sea of selfishness all around us, inside of us, banging everywhere. And the mind and the spirit afloat on that sea, right? That's what's going on with the battle with sin is we're constantly having this waves of selfishness coming, crashing against the boat. We're having our mind and spirit, the boat, being pushed down on by the world and by the devil. And as the boat's pushed down, it goes lower and lower. And every once in a while, it just takes on water. The sea of selfishness floods in and sin takes place. And we're like, why does this keep happening? Because the boat keeps getting pushed down, man. Because we're getting pushed down in different ways, in different places, because the flesh is rising up, the waves of selfishness slapping against the boat. It's a battle. It's a daily, regular battle. God's not caught off guard by this. We all get that, right? God's not like, what? I had no idea. Why do they keep doing that? Like, he fully knows this is what our life looks like. And we're walking through a journey where we can be experiencing victory moment by moment, as we begin to grasp this all the more. Man, we are a little boat afloat on a sea of selfishness. God, help me. And all of God's people said, all right. So last week we looked at what it is to battle the world as the world comes in and starts pushing down on the boat. How do I battle that? And the answer is fence lines, right? You've got to get fence lines up. The guy says, I looked through the window, through the lattice of my window, and I saw a young man lacking sense, right? As we looked at that last week, what was he lacking sense for? Because he was going down a path that would take him near it. Like fence line, Lord, help me to be wise in keeping myself away from that which draws to the self, pushes down on my boat. Lord, help me fence line. That was last week as we looked at the world. 
Now today we're going to be looking at Satan, the devil, the demons as they push down on, as there are whispers into your soul that push down on your boat and cause you to take on the water of selfishness, all right? Satan and how do we battle it? And so here we go. The sermon today is called Fight, Battle the Devil. When you're battling the world, it's fence line. Just keep away from it. But when Satan starts pushing in with those whispers specifically to your soul, like a sniper attack, knowing your weakness, and so going after you in a very specific way, we need to be able to take that stand and fight, all right? So turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to be walking through verses 10 through 18 there. Ephesians 6, first point, know your enemy. If you're going to go ahead and do this battling where you take a stand against Satan pushing down, you must know your enemy. This is starting in verses 10 through 12. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He says, finally, right? This is the end of Ephesians chapter 6. In chapters 1 through 3, he gave a bunch of theology. And then in 4, 5, and 6, he starts talking about what it is to walk in the church, what it is to have unity, how to get along, what it looks like to be able to walk properly with our God, what it is to be a husband of God, a woman of God, a wife of God, a child of God, what it is to be good children, what it is to be good parents, all of that being covered in Ephesians. Now he gets to this. He's like, finally, he's like, last thing. I got one more thing to talk about here. We talked about all these different things we need to be going after and doing heads up. It's going to be a battle. He's like, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong. Just so you know, in the original language, that's in the passive form. It's saying, let yourselves be made strong. Let yourselves be made strong. It's not, dude, get tough. It's not be strong like, Dude, start pumping iron or something. I don't know. Get stronger. Like, it's not saying that. It's not saying you've got it in you. Make your strength come out. It's saying instead in the passive form, be careful. This is something being done to you. Allow this to happen, a strengthening. And where would that come from? Well, he says right after it, in the Lord and in the strength of his might, may God's power become your power. That's what he's talking about. May you go after this with God's power being your power. May God know fully and exactly what's going on and dump that into you so you can take your stand. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, the strength of his might, this huge deal where God has the capability and so we're leaning on him as we draw near to him, as we draw close to him, as we have relationship with him. God starts doing a changing work in us, including a strengthening work, so that you can take this stand. Now comes the actual command. He says, put on, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. Not put on some of the armor. Put on the whole armor. Make sure you get it all. Don't leave any open spot. Be careful for vulnerabilities. Get prepped. He's like, put on the whole armor of God. This is something I learned this week. Didn't know this, but Isaiah 59 actually talks about the armor of God as well. But in that case, it's the armor that God himself is putting on. 
And it talks there about him as the Lord rising up in defense for those in need in Isaiah 59. And it says that he will take the breastplate of righteousness. He will take the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. It's these very things we're going to be looking at in just a minute. These are God's weapons. These are the things God takes on. And he's like, hang on. These are my weapons. You take them too. Put on the whole armor of God. Get ready. This is how God dresses for battle. And so here comes God's strength as we begin to suit up, just like he suits up. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Know this, the devil's coming in to take you down. Sniper attack. He knows exactly where you're weak, and he knows exactly how to whisper. And uh, He may whisper to your strength. Dude, you are so awesome. There is no one like you. Like, and all of a sudden, your pride starts rising up. He's like, come on, man, you're unbelievable. Look at you. Get your pride going off the charts. Or maybe he's whispering the opposite way to you. Dude, what are you doing? Do you see the sin in your life? Do you see how you're falling apart? Shame galore, right? The difference between Satan talking about sin and the Holy Spirit talking about sin. Satan talks about sin, and he leaves you in it. There is no hope, shame with no out. Holy Spirit is like, do you see this sin? We're going to get rid of this, and you wouldn't believe where we're going. Get ready. Hope. Hope comes with conviction. And be careful. Satan whispers in, and he looks to tear us down one way or another, either by building us up or by making us small. Somehow, he's like, can you believe it? Maybe he's like, can you believe how that guy treated you? You shouldn't be talked to like that. What's up with that? That's so inappropriate. You should have more respect than that. Maybe you should. No matter what, it's always going to be about you, just so you know. Either pushing you down or lifting you up, Satan and his schemes are coming at, get ready, you need to put on the whole armor of God. How much of the armor of God? Get ready, man. We need to be able to go after it with all we've got. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Look, as much as you believe that the biggest problem in your life is the person you have this large conflict with at work or at home, you're like, dude, my biggest problem is, and you fill in the blank, it usually ends up with some human name. This person is annoying me. If they would just listen to me, why aren't they doing? Why did they say? Why aren't they being more faithful with? What are they thinking about when, right? We always have some complaint about some person, and he's like, heads up. You are not wrestling against humanity. Don't kid yourself. Man, we're walking around bumping into each other, right? We're walking around bumping into each other, and every time you bump into somebody else, Satan's like, I cannot believe they just did that to you. And then you move on a little bit, and they go to the other guy, and they're like, I cannot believe they just did that to you. Like, let's see if we can get both sides animated against each other. And then if something goes on after that, they should have been more helpful to you. What were they thinking? Man, you deserve honor and respect here. Constant whispering in. What's your weak spot? Right, is it more the fear? So he's going to whisper to your fears, look out. Is it more the despair? 
Like nobody loves me. I'm all alone. Is it more the self-rule? I deserve to be in charge. Or maybe it's more into the foolishness. Come on, man, it's just going to feel good. Nobody's going to see it. Who cares? Just go for it. Whatever it is he's whispering to, man, whatever it is you're struggling with, know this. He sees it. He recognizes it from the outside, and it's a sniper attack hit on. You are not wrestling with the people around you. You are wrestling with the whispers from the pit of hell to your soul that speak right to your weakness. This is a huge deal that we grasp. And we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It says, but we wrestle against these rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers in this present darkness. These are all terms for something about demonic warfare. Many believe that these are actually hierarchies rulers and authorities and cosmic powers like going up the chain. Many believe this is somehow some kind of ranking system in the demonic elements that come together. Dude, I'm telling you, we are at war. Don't miss this, man. This is not toying around. We are at war. And as we wander around completely oblivious, upset with the human being next to us, they are waging war with soul to take you down. Don't miss it. We wrestle against those evil demonic forces. It's not wrong to get a little ticked off. It's not wrong to be like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm being played. Like right now, if you're in this room and you're super upset with another human being, it very well may be that there's things that need to get resolved between you and that person. But hear me you're getting played. You are being whispered to. You are being toyed with. And Satan is trying to pull you down one way or another. Be careful. It says that we battle against all of these, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. There is a demonic war. You know, 1 Peter chapter 5 says that Satan walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Don't miss it. Your dinner. How can I make myself feel better? That's what Satan's doing. Let's see if I can play with another one and tear someone else down. And uh, don't get me wrong, Satan can't be in all places at once, right? That's why all these different rulers are being mentioned. It's a giant force being put in play because they all are stuck in one position in one place at one time. They're a created being. God alone can be all places at once. And all of God's people said, dude, you are not alone. And you are standing with the God of the universe who spoke these evil beings into their existence while they were good, and they fell. And he is so much bigger than them that as they speak in, we stand with the God who can shut them up. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Don't miss it. Not strong in yourself. He's wandering around looking whom he might devour. Be careful. You know, in these past couple of weeks, um, our home has been a little bit weird. Uh, we were out with some friends, uh, neighbors actually. We went out for a dinner and we were chit-chatting, had a good steak dinner and as we got done with the chat and we're just laughing together with these neighbors, they said, hey, I don't know if you heard, but there's, uh, 
There's a coyote running around in Morton now. Did you hear that? Actually, like two houses down from you guys, it was seen. And somebody like a couple of three houses, four houses down from you came out. And the, the dog, the coyote was standing right by the car, wouldn't let him get to the car. Like this thing is like kind of bold, man. And I don't know if you guys know that. We're like, we had no idea. Like we're kind of not on social media that much. And I'm really clueless. I'm like, really? Now, I know a lot about coyotes. We do a lot of hunting. And I'm like, okay, we've got to be a little careful with this. We have a dog that's like... 15 pounds of awesome morsel. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that thing is, he's going to be delicious. We're going to have to watch out, man. And, and so we're like, let's be careful. And so when we came home, I'm like, babe, we better be a little more careful just letting him out. Our dog is super obedient, really cool little dog. So we let him out in the backyard. We have no fence or anything. He just runs out. He goes around for a little bit. He goes to the bathroom. He comes back. He like comes back in. He's like, hey, it's good. We're all cool now. Comes in the house and we're all good, right? We're like, we better be a little careful. So John lets him out. He goes out in the backyard, goes out into the back a little bit, and, and he decides he's going to go down further now. Like he goes beyond where he normally goes. And she's like, oh, he just went out and where it's dark. And I'm like, uh-uh, call him back out of that, man. So she calls him and he comes back up into the middle. And now he's in kind of where our spotlights are at. It's dark out. And she's standing there and you were putting something, you were eating something, I forget what it was, but she had the kind of the door closed. I sit down on the couch and all of a sudden she shrieks out. I got a microphone on, so I got to be careful, but it was like, no. And I'm like, holy crud. I look over and she whips the door open and goes, no. And she starts running out. All right. At this point, I'm like, the dog's dead. That's where I'm at. Dog's dead. Now, now I got to try to figure out how I'm going to get that thing out of its mouth. The dog's gone, though. Like, let's, what are we going to do? So I jump up. I'm starting to run out. She's running out. I hit the door, and as I hit it, starting to run out, I'm not kidding. I look out, and that coyote, big dog, man, like, big coyote. I've seen a lot of coyotes. I hunt. This is a big dog, okay? This coyote is about 20 feet away just looking at her. While she runs up, scoops up Toby. Toby is looking over here. He's like, look at that. <laughs> Dude, you're gonna die, right? You're gonna lose it, man. She runs over, scoops him up, runs it. I still think the dog was like, that was really cool how she came out to get me. I don't think he has any idea what was going on. She's running in as that coyote is standing there. And I'm like, uh-uh, not in our yard. Now I'm running at him. So she's running this way. I'm running that way. Running out. Now, just so you know, they call it hazing. Get as big and as loud as you can. So I'm running out doing this. Hey, get out of here. And I'm running at him. And that dog, literally, that coyote, just sort of skidded a little bit. You know, that little coyote hop. For those of you who know coyotes, little coyote hop, big bushy tail, freaky little pointy ears kind of runs off just a little bit and stops and looks at me again. So I ran in as hard and fast as a 53-year-old man who's had three brain surgeries <laughs> can run. <laughs> so I'm running as hard as I can at this thing, like, get out of here! And it runs down and up to the berm, and then it just kind of skitters off, like, whatever. Not really afraid at all. And uh, man, I'm telling you, that coyote is wandering around in the backyards of Morton over by the creek seeking what it might devour. And we have one job, take the stand. And uh, Man, do you know what your enemy is? Or are you standing in the backyard obliviously looking off the other way and missing what it's all about? Make sure you know 
that there is a demonic set of forces and they are whispering in and they are seeking to take you down and they are in your backyard. And make sure you know that they are nothing but created beings and God is enormously bigger. And all of God's people said, dude, this is a battle so worth winning and so easy to win. Just know it's there. It's on. And uh, all right. That's point number one. Point number two. Take up your weapons. Take up your weapons. And, uh, it starts out, therefore. And when it says, therefore, we say, Right? It's a connecting word. It's like, heads up, man. This is a spiritual war. And you better be aware of this. And just so you know, you're being pressed in on at all times. And it isn't about the humanity around you. It is about the satanic stuff. Be aware. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Like, dude, prep for the war. Right? Take up the whole armor of God. How much of the armor? Don't miss it. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Please note, the goal is to stand. What's the goal? Take your position on the wall and hold it. It's not go run off on a hundred mile adventure chasing him into the never-nevers as you attack him and drag him back. It's not that. It's not this giant offensive statement. It is more of a defensive statement. Take your position on the wall, take the stand, and hold, right? Put on all the armor that you may be able to stand and withstand along the way. It says, stand therefore, and now he starts to give us the how can we defend ourselves. He begins to put the armor into place. Stand therefore with having fastened on the belt of truth. So the first thing you start with is the belt. And you put on this belt of truth. Why is that so important? Because all the other armor hangs on it or attaches to it, right? Just so you know, that's the anchor point. And so they're putting on this belt, and then from that, everything else will attach and hang. If you don't have this belt fastened tight, dude, the rest of it all just kind of comes down, right? So the fastening on of it is to the belt of truth. Make sure you're anchored in who God is, how big your God is how much your God loves you, the truth of all that he is and all that he has and what God is doing and anchored into that, right? As we anchor into the truth, now we can begin to take some steps with the rest of it. God is awesome and God has this in hand. Lock that belt down tight, truth. And this isn't just gospel truth, this is all truth related to your God and interacting with him, all that he is right? Make sure you've got the belt of truth locked on. And then it says, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, get the sin confessed out. How do I put on the breastplate of righteousness? Lord, please forgive me. God, I was wrong here. Lord, I'm handing this to you. Righteousness coming on. Got it? Like I'm not clinging to the sin. I'm clinging to my God. Lord, please forgive me, and I'm leaning on you. Breastplate of righteousness coming on. I'm telling you, you become impervious. Think about what the uh, breastplate covers, right? The heart and the lungs and the, this is your life blood, man, being protected. Stop toying with sin. 
the breastplate of righteousness comes on as you are like, done with that, God. Please forgive me. And getting it confessed, please hear me, daily, regularly, Lord, please forgive me. That's putting on the breastplate of righteousness. No toying around here. Make sure we hear this. There is no standing up against sin if we're welcoming sin in and holding on to it and enjoying it along the way. We will fall to so much more sin. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness is, I am done with that sin. Please forgive me. Right? Breastplate of righteousness. Lord, please forgive me. Let's get on with holiness. Let's get after what you want me to be after. I'm ready to go on it. Then he says, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. He's like, man, make sure that your feet are covered and prepared and ready to go with the gospel good news of the greatness of Jesus Christ. Like you grasp all that God is and you're going after him. Lord, please forgive me for any sin and I'm ready to do what you want. And Lord, it's all about you and your greatness, and I'm ready to tell the world, may you be celebrated. Gospel good news. Jesus Christ is awesome. And all of God's people said, Amen. and make sure you understand your Achilles is actually covered by the gospel in this story. Right? You've got this model of the shoe going on and the Achilles heel right there is the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ and his love for you. He died for you and he rose for you. I'm telling you the number one Satan's going the number one sin that Satan is going to go after with you is not believing you can be forgiven. We all fall into sin. Then if he can go, forget it dude, it's over. It's done. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The gospel good news, we have a God who brings forgiveness. And all of God's people said, anchor in. Shoes on. It says, in all circumstances, in how many? All circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Take up the shield of faith. You are literally picking up the shield that is basically fueled by, I trust you, God. I, I'm in with you, God. And as Satan comes in, any attack he brings is going to be trying to say, God cannot be trusted. Maybe he doesn't know all. Maybe he can't do all. Maybe he doesn't care. Those are the three anchors to trust. Knowledge and power and care, his love for you. And he's like, one of those or more are coming down. I'm telling you, you can't be good with your God. And your shield of faith is like, nuh-uh. That's what you're doing with that. Not true. The shield of faith is, I stand with my God and I trust him. I'm hanging on with him. The whisper from the pit of hell that you are alone somehow, and that you must make it be whatever. That's a lie. And the shield of faith says, nope, I am with my God. I stand with him, and I trust him. And make sure in all circumstances, you have the shield of faith. Like, don't ever put it down. Make sure you're going after, Lord, I'm trusting you with all I've got. He says, um, the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Every dart that Satan sends at you will be questioning your faith and your trust in God. And it will be making it all about you. 
either God's not good enough to forgive or somehow God doesn't care enough or whatever it is, it's a lie from the pit of hell. You are not alone. And you serve a God who's got it in hand. And God's got a thought and a plan in the thing. Trust him and lean in. Shield of faith. He says, these fiery darts can be extinguished and take the helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation. Putting on the, I'm trusting in Jesus Christ, but it's more than just I'm saved, like I believe in Jesus. This is the, I know the war, I know what the war is about, and I'm ready to go after it. It actually says that God puts on the helmet of salvation, Isaiah 59. This is the warrior's protection. His thinking is locked in. How's your thinking? He is grasping exactly what it needs to look like to understand who your God is and trust him with all you've got. Salvation, man, it has your head glued on. Yes, you are thinking right, but it's more than just salvation like saved from sin. It's also salvation like, God, I'm leaning on you in this war. Lord, may I stand up against this whisper. May I think rightly. Okay? The helmet of salvation. And then it says, and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Man, if you have your Bible with you, if you have your phone with you and it's got a Bible on it, I don't care what you have, whatever you've got that's got your Bible in it, hold it up. Sword of the spirit. Dude, don't miss this. Just keep holding it up. This is your only offensive weapon. Don't miss it. Okay, you can sit down. Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Man, we have got to know the Word and we have to know how it applies. Some simple truths about the greatness of our God. That God is love and He cares about you with all He's got. That God is bigger than any other being. That God has it in hand. Just some basic statements of the greatness of your God and then some basic statements. Ready? of the loser nature of the evil one who whispers in from the pit of hell. Not listening to that. Talk to the hand. My God knows better, right? We have to be able to anchor to the truth. This truth, the word of God, knowing some verses, what are the sins you are struggling with? Making sure you've got a few verses about that and making sure you can quote those out making sure you know to look them up, make sure you've got your sword with you and you can go after it, right? Imagine you're going to battle and they're like, all right, we ready? And you're like, dude, ready. Where's your sword? I left it over there. It was kind of heavy, right? Like, that's a bad plan. And uh, Let's make sure we're ready to go after it with all we've got. Says the sword of the spirit and then the last one, praying always at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Praying always for all the saints. And making sure you are on your knees with your God up close, drawing near. Draw near to God in the midst. This one is huge. Making sure you have this thing together. All right? May God get all the glory.
know your enemy. Make sure you take up your weapons. Make sure you are prepared along the way. You know, uh, I had an Illustrate set up for this one, and I'm switching Illustrates now based on some things that happened this week. So, staying with the Toby theme, our little dog. So, this week, my wife was out of town, and uh, so Alyssa was downstairs in the basement with Toby. It's been freezing cold, so we haven't been able to walk him or anything. And uh, so he was running in the basement, and he was running in a straight line and decided to really go after it. So he ran really, really hard, and when he pushed really, really hard, he blew his ACL out. Right? Dogs have ACLs? Right, I don't know. I'm like, I guess so, there's a knee, I suppose. So I didn't even think about it. I thought maybe he got the foot caught in the carpet and tore a toenail or something. So we took him into the vet, he was limping really bad. Took him into the vet, she did this full check and she's like, it's not good. Uh, the kneecap often gets dislocated on these. I was hoping that's what it is because you can relocate it really fast and they're just good to go. They'll just start walking on it again. This is not a kneecap dislocation. It looks like the ACL is gone. So we have to get in this week to actually get that verified. You have to put the dog under in order to be able to check that fully. Um, but right now, he has not been able to walk on it at all. So we got a three-legged 15-pound morsel <laughs> going in the backyard when there's coyotes. Right, that's what we got now. So now he's going in the backyard. So the first time I'm like, he ain't going to be able to handle it. So I pick him up. I'm walking out there. It's like 20 below outside, man. It's freezing out. So I'm actually, I got this winter coat from my dad for uh, deer hunting. So I put on this big, heavy coat. It's good to like 140 below. That's what it said, 140 below, for real. I'm like, who needs that? Now I do, right? <laughs> so I like zip it up. I'm stepping outside with the dog. I've got that on. I've got these big, heavy gloves. I've got these heavy pants, these huge boots. I'm like dressed for the 20 below bad boy weather. I'm stepping out with my little 15-pound morsel. I'm going to set him down, and now I'm looking around with my flashlight. Coyotes? Any coyotes around? We all good? While he's standing next to me trying to figure out how to walk on three legs on ice and snow, and he... Like falling on his face. It's horrible, man. This dog is like trying to go to the bathroom and falling down, and you're like, I look like an idiot. Like, what are we doing out here trying to? And right, we get him. Now he's doing pretty good. Like five days in, he's actually able to balance on three legs now. So he's actually getting out there. He's going to the bathroom right around. I call him back. He comes to me and he looks up with his ears down, like, this is horrible, right? <laughs> so I pick him up and then I walk back in with him and then I have to unsuit from everything, right? And uh, just so we're clear, 20 below means really heavy coat, really heavy boots, heavy pants, get prepped. Spiritual warfare means make sure you are prepped with a belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Make sure you are ready to go after this thing with helmet of salvation, the word that is God's, and prayer beyond measure, get suited up. Simple question. Which of the pieces of the armor do you need to work on the most? Think about it for a moment. Belt of truth. Are you grasping who God is and you're really going after that? Belt of truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Are you getting rid of sin regularly, confessing it? Getting after what God wants you to be after? Breastplate of righteousness. Right? The gospel message on your feet, prepped. 
the shield of faith, ready to go after it, trusting your God in the middle of it. How are you doing with that? Helmet of salvation. How are you doing with that? Sword of the Spirit. How are you doing with that? Praying regularly. Which is the thing you need to go after? Really make a decision. Lord, I'm ready to put this armor on in a serious way this week. All of it for sure. Which one are you neglecting the most? Got it? All right. Number three. Stand confidently in power worship. Let's turn over to James chapter 4. Stand confidently in power worship. Stand confidently in power worship. And uh, James 4, we're starting in verse 7. It says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So let's start out. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Man, get under. Make sure that God's in charge. Don't live your life where you're in charge. Live your life where God's in charge. Submit, God, you're in charge. I'm coming to you. Make sure that you've got the truth and the righteousness and the gospel and the faith and the salvation and the word ready to rock and you're praying and you're coming to him. Submit to him. And get it going with him. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. We're going to talk a little bit more practically about how to do that in just a second. But it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Get close to your God. Resist the devil. Do what to the devil? Please note, it does not say, go out and attack and take down. I just want that to be really clear. When we look at Scripture, what you're going to see throughout the epistles, the challenge is not to try to go make him your enemy that you're going after and rendering useless as you bring him down, but you're walking right with God and right where God wants you to be, and as Satan comes at you, you're just like, that's it. I'm still walking, coming at you. Not going to happen. You're going with your God. Your attention is on your God. Your worship is is on your God. Everybody say, worship Jesus. Jesus. All right, the goal is not fight Satan. You get that goal and you're missing it. You're starting to put too much of him in your think. This is about my God. Talk to the hand. That's where we're going. Got it? Super important we grasp the difference. One makes for this really active, demonic focus, and the other makes for this super awesome power worship focus of Jesus Christ that cannot be penetrated. Make sure you go after the awesome power worship moment. He's like, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He will flee. That's what it says. He's going to go away. It's attacks that will end up short. He's going to go away. But just so we're super clear... When we're standing there and we're like, not going to bend, not bend into it. And we're like, no, not going to do it, not listening. And Satan starts going away in that moment where you're like, I must be formidable. Just so you know, nope, you're not formidable. As we're standing there with our spindly little arms and these loser little attempts at armor and we're like, okay, 
standing against it, he would wipe through us. But as you submit yourself, therefore, to God and God's standing right there with you, as you're like, nope, God's like, you're done. That's where the power is. Is your God standing with you and around you and pointing that it's over and it's over. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Please don't be strong in your own might. That is so a loser plan. We don't have it. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And all of God's people said, that's what we're talking about. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Here we go. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As you're pulling up close with God, please forgive me and Lord, I'm wrong. I'm done with this. May you get all the worship. God just pours over you, this miracle thing taking place, his glory pouring on, you literally being transformed one little degree in that moment and protected like you wouldn't believe, and Satan cannot even stand to be near that Shekinah glory pouring out in that moment. His presence in your life is formidable. That is huge to understand. His presence in your life is formidable. We are not formidable. His presence in your life, formidable. Man, get near your God with all you've got. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And then he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Get it confessed out. Be done with it. How do I submit? I would just say this. Let's just put it to three quick steps. How do I submit? Ready? Turn from sin. That's first. Confess it, be done with it. Turn from sin. Number two, sin's out, man. It's done. You confessed it, you're forgiven. That's it. Now it's time to start working on the worship. As you bring out the word and you start to read, Read, I will recommend this, read out loud. I'm telling you, when we read quietly, our mind can drift off into a million things. When we start reading out loud and we have to engage our lips, we actually start focusing more. Read out loud. There is power in the word of God. Maybe Satan even hears what you're reading in that midst or the demons or whatever. Read it out loud, okay? Get to reading your passage out loud, even if it's a whisper out loud. As you read through a passage of the greatness of your God and how you're trusting him. And then number three, pray it back to him. God, you are awesome. This is who you are. I see you in this passage and I see all that you're doing and I am leaning on you and I am trusting in you. And as the sin is confessed and as the word is being read and as the prayer is aligning with the word, God moves. Satan flees. And that's it. It's a three-stepper. Sin confessed, word being read out loud, pray it back to your God, and he leaves. So I'm just going to tell you this. We have had a lot of spiritual attack over the past years. And most of it, for our family, has tended to center around whenever we're planting a church in Haiti. Just so you know, a very dark place down there, and every time we go to plant a church in Haiti, there is always backlash spiritual kickback and harsh and dark things going on and 
And I'm just telling you, those first days when we planted Jacmel, that it almost caught us off guard. We were a little bit unprepared. We didn't quite think that one all the way through as God was allowing this push to come in. And as we planted, there was press. And I remember one night I woke up in the middle of that week with this thought. You are so filthy. You aren't worth I want to be careful how I even say this, but you aren't worth being alive. Just the press down of darkness, that, that just doesn't come across me. I'm like, ugh, that is dark. So I turned and woke John up. She woke up. I told her what's going on. We're like, it's spiritual war. We're on it now. I'm just telling you, if you ever have the whisper of life isn't worth it, that is a whisper from the pit of hell. Everybody hear me? I'm saying it again. That is a whisper from the pit of hell. It must be turned against. Please, not in your own strength. Confess the sin, draw near to your God, start worshiping him, and watch it move. Okay? And as we started to pray out loud and quote scripture out loud, and this little worship moment, I don't remember what it was, 15, 20 minutes, and the whole room changed. It was different. It was lighter. It was, I can't even explain the peace that came on. It was gone. The creepy feel in the room that I experienced was gone. It's over. And uh, We did a little family rally, and I'm like, heads up. You just need to know this is going on, and we need to talk this through. And, and, um, and so as we prepped our fam for that, uh, so a little while later, another press into our home, and uh, a press to um, my younger daughter, Alyssa, and she came to us the next day, and she was like, I just want you to know that uh, last night was really dark. Like right around midnight, it was bad. And all of a sudden, I started feeling this whisper to me that was like, you're just, you are so not, right? And I, I didn't, and so I picked up the word, and I decided to do what you said, Dad. Like, I'm like, whatever sin has to go. And so she just started confessing whatever. I think this has to be done. And she's like, no, I'm just going to start reading. And she opened up, and she started reading. And she's like, I started reading it. What did you read? Genesis 1. I was like, <laughs> it's the beginning, that's for sure. <laughs> Why'd you pick that? She's like, I don't know. I just picked something. So I started reading, and I'm reading through Genesis 1, and, I, and I'm pouring through it, and I got to verses 26, 27, and 28, and I'm like, listen, that speaks, and it is. It's good, and I'm not going to listen to this, and this is my God, and I'm worshiping him with all I've got. Praise God. You are awesome. And as she started doing this worship thing about his creation power, his unbelievable goodness, it was gone. It just lifts and moves over. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. And all of God's people said. Please hear me, man. We don't get to talk about sin and then bring up the world and Satan and how to battle it and think we're not going to take the battle on this week. We all need to be prepared. Get ready, man. It is so simple. It is his strength and his power. 
It takes this. I'm done with sin. Please forgive me, Lord. No more toying around with it. I'm over with it. Please forgive me. All right, where are you awesome? And just open up the word and start going at it wherever it is. And just start reading through the greatness of your God. And then praying that back to him. Please hear me. This isn't a conversation with the dark side. This is a conversation with your God. You are worshiping. And you are formidable for that. It is the presence of God in your life that is formidable. Worship that God. And as you bring your worship on, I'm telling you, he's gone. Cannot stand in that presence. How do we stand up to Satan pushing down on the boat? Fight. Know your enemy. Take up your weapons. Get it confessed out, read up, and pray it on. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, all right. Let's pray. 